the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. Uh, this is uh, Al Fadi, and of course, if you're tuning in, you are listening to Let Us Reason, a Christian Muslim dialogue with Al Fadi. And as always, thank you so much, of course, for your wonderful support, wonderful prayers, wonderful partnership. We're into uh, our sixth season already. Uh, by the way, I have some amazing news to share with you. I will be launching a another podcast or radio show uh, during the week. This one usually in the weekend. The other one is going to focus primarily uh, on uh, biblical principles. And uh, I'm not going to yet share details about which date. I'm not going to share details about the name until the contract is formalized and signed. But we are so thankful that uh, because of your partnership with us, the station was so encouraged that uh, they felt um, we can do another one uh, to even uh, cater to a broader audience. And obviously, every now and then, we are going to uh, promote this particular one, Let Us Reason. And I'll be bringing in my journey uh, from Islam to Christianity most of the time, as always. And I'll keep you abreast about things. We are going to use also our Facebook page, CIRA International. That's C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International as the platform to promote both the Let Us Reason show and the new show. And periodically, we're going to share it with the other pages that I have as well. So all that to say is that um, I am so thankful for you and for your support. Now, full disclosure, I told you this before, from time to time, I tend to record while I'm driving. I call it my mobile studio. Today is one of those days. Uh, the reason why we do this is like, I don't want to take any chances and wait until I get to a location and then maybe I'll lose the spot that I have scheduled for recording. The studio has been fabulous, amazing, amazing people that work with me all the time and they do an amazing job in uh, being so flexible with me. So this is one of those flexibility moments. So I record usually when I'm driving. I love this car. It allows me to have meetings. It allows me to have calls. And it allows me to have conference calls and group calls. And it allows me to do my recording. Don't try this at home. I just, just, this is my warning. I'm not telling you you should try this yourself. With that said, today we're going to take a break from talking about Islamic end times. But really it's kind of like a, a, a supplemental information. Recently... You probably have heard about, you know, towards the end of October, about a month ago, the uh, killing 
of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, who happened to be the caliph or the head of the so-called Islamic State or ISIS. They went by a number of names. Uh, and in 2014, uh, specifically in June of 2014, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi made his uh, famous visit to a mosque in Iraq and uh, preached a sermon declaring the launch of this long-awaited caliphate. Now, why do I say it's long-awaited? Because in the eyes of Islamic extremists, the Islamic State or the caliphate was lost in 1924 because basically of the First World War when the Ottomans lost their caliphate. But really, if I want to be even more um, specific, the Arab-ruled caliphate was lost in 1254 when the Mongols took over. And the Mongols took over, basically, even though they converted to Islam, they were not from an Arab descent. And ironically, almost 200 years later, the Mongols were toppled by a Kurdish, a Kurdish caliphate, also was Islamic, by Saladin, Salahuddin al-Ayyubi, or Saladin, you know, as they say it in America, basically. What an ironic thing, isn't it, that we're talking today about Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, who the Kurdish intelligence actually led to his killing. I mean, we hear that he detonated his uh, uh, explosive vest as a coward, of course, uh, because he doesn't want to face the music. And uh, uh, he thought he's going to heaven uh, to have 72 virgins waiting for him. I can tell you this, wishful thinking. Because even the tradition that talks about such reward is a weak tradition and a questionable tradition. And not a whole lot of Muslims these days even pay attention to it. But nevertheless, so Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi is no more. And then the next day, his first, basically, replacement, his right-hand man and the spokesman is no more also. Because he was himself was uh, killed as well because of uh, the intelligent information that was received. Now, the million-dollar question is this. Does that mean ISIS is defeated? And the billion-dollar answer that I'm going to give you is no. And I know you're going to be disappointed to hear this. Folks, ISIS is just a name representing a an ideology that has been uniform in its focus and its strategy and its calling and its goal since 622 A.D. Why did I say 622 A.D.? Because according to the Islamic traditions, according to the Islamic traditions, it is 622 A.D. when the Prophet of Islam moved and migrated from his own town, Mecca, north to Medina, about 200 miles, give or take. Both of them are in Saudi, on the, west, the western region of Saudi. And uh, Medina is where he is supposedly buried today, where his uh, mosque exists, 
known as the prophetic mosque or the mosque of the prophet and it's considered to be the second holy mosque second holy islamic mosque in the world there are three of them the first holy islamic mosque is found in mecca that's what muslims face when they're praying that's where they go to perform the uh, minor pilgrimage and the major pilgrimage and the second one is the prophet's mosque which also during the major pilgrimage people tend to go there to visit to earn good deeds and then you have the third major Islamic mosque is no other than the Far Mosque or the Dome of the Rock Mosque that exists in Jerusalem. But anyway, we'll talk about that maybe in a future time. Nevertheless, this is basically, um, uh, you know, why uh, uh, this ideology started in 622, simply because the Prophet of Islam moved from Mecca to Medina in the year 622, and that basically in, uh, implemented the start of the so-called the Islamic calendar, known as the Hijra. Hijra is the Arabic word for migration or immigration, if you wish. Now, not that many of you probably know that the Muslim world follows an Islamic calendar that is uh, 1,400 years plus, uh, uh, you know, give or take, uh, compared to uh, the year 2019, for instance. Uh, why? Because it was almost 1,400 years plus ago that the Prophet of Islam migrated from Mecca to Medina. And in 622, in Medina, the Prophet of Islam found himself to be the new head of uh, the brand new Islamic State. I call it, I like to term it, the proto-Islamic State. There was no Sharia law that is codified yet. There was no enough rules and regulations yet because he was still, technically speaking, revealing uh, new rules and new revelations. But he lasted for about 10 years there from 622 until 632, died supposedly, at least as some traditions will uh, insinuate, by poison. Uh, he was poisoned and a few months later died from the effect or the side effect of the poison. Nevertheless, 632 when he died. And from there, we have officially the first Islamic caliph and the start of the first Islamic caliphate era known as the uh, righteous caliphate or uh, basically uh, uh, the, the, uh, the rightly guided caliph or caliphate. Uh, that was the... Uh, headed by the first Caliph Abu Bakr, that's why al-Baghdadi named himself Abu Bakr. That's not his real name. He named himself that so that you know that he means business, Then he is also taking you all the way back to the 7th century Islam, that his form of caliphate is the so-called Salafi caliphate, meaning according to the early Islamic caliphate or the prophetic model. In fact, that was their model, the prophetic model, meaning ISIS's model. Nevertheless, so he named himself Abu Bakr after the first one. On top of this, he also added a last name to himself, Al-Qurayshi, our wife, because he claimed that he is a descendant from Quraysh, the tribe of Quraysh, the tribe of the Prophet of Islam, because there is this genetic rule that you have to come from that area to be eligible or caliphate. All that to say, this whole thing is a joke, of course, but nevertheless, he wanted you to know that he is 
following the prophetic model, and he is following the model that insinuate, I mean, basically began and disseminated starting in the year 632 by Abu Bakr, the first caliph, on account of what the prophet basically has done. The word caliph, by the way, means successor. Successor of who? Successor of the prophet of Islam. The caliphate is the name of the so-called Islamic state. Okay? So, that's what happened. And that's how he announced it in the year uh, 2014, just recently, five years ago. And it was during that sermon at that mosque in June. Now, fast forward. Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, as a caliph, he basically made the announcement at that time and even in years to come during many of his so-called sermons that have been released in audio form also. He wanted the Muslim world to know that the Islamic State is not just the Islamic State of uh, Iraq and Syria. That's where we get ISIS from. It's not the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant. That's where we get the word ISIL from. It is actually the Islamic State where we get IS from. What does that mean? What he meant is, this is the start where the territories that have been captured by about 40,000 of his soldiers back around that time, when they kicked the Iraqi soldiers out of these areas and went ahead and occupied many of these territories and moved on to Syria, and established their headquarters or capital in Raqqa. But what he wanted is the Muslim world to know, this is just the beginning of the mission to recapture the Islamic State, the caliphate that was lost as a result of World War One, that expanded all the way east to what we call today Afghanistan and Pakistan and west through North Africa, all the way to most of Spain, the region that is known as Andalusia. In other words, mission one for him is to start there and then expand it to cover the Levant and from there cover all of the lost, basically, territories. That's why ISIS also infiltrated areas like in Afghanistan, where they still exist today, by the way, they are the biggest threat in Afghanistan, more so than Al-Qaeda. And that's why they began also operations in Sinai, the Sinai Peninsula, and in Egypt, and in Libya, and in Tunisia, and all the way to uh, uh, Morocco. That's why they did also attacks on Europe. Basically, they wanted the world to know. I think it was like nine NATO-allied nations that were attacked single-handedly by ISIS. The point that they were making is that we are doing operations in the lost territories and beyond in preparation for expanding the territory. In fact, one of their other mottos is that the Islamic State has no borders. No borders. What does that mean? There are no borders, meaning that the borders keeps on growing and expanding. So, this is why it was extremely important that the world takes ISIS seriously. It's a theological battle more so than just a military and a political one. Here's another thing also.
also that was extremely important, and I'm sorry for the noise that you might be hearing right now. Um, uh, there is there is uh, some accident here that is uh, uh, nearby. So again, I warned you that I'm driving. Nevertheless, uh, the studio does a great job. Hopefully, you know uh, uh, you won't be able to hear uh, the noise that I'm hearing myself. Nevertheless, back again to ISIS and back again to this caliphate. ISIS thought themselves seriously to be a fulfillment also of end-time prophecies that talks about a group of remnant, remnant of what? Of Muslims, who will be dressed in black and having a black banner, we call it flag, and that flag will have a white halo, and they will come from the east. Some will say they come from Khorasan, where is the, which is basically the uh, far eastern region of modern-day Iran and the bordering the western region of Afghanistan. You can see why they're strategically placing themselves over there in that area. I'm telling you, folks, they go by the book. I wish, basically, the National Security Advisor would just give me a call. I can give them the rundown in five minutes about what exactly is going on and why this idea that when we speak and we say that ISIS is defeated, we have to really put a caveat to that statement. Maybe ISIS is defeated, but make no mistake about it, the ideology will never, ever be defeated until people from within the Muslim world will begin to chop out any teachings associated with these commands to wage a holy war against the enemies of Islam. Who are the enemies of Islam? You will be surprised to know that includes also weak Muslims, unfaithful Muslims, also known as the hypocrite Muslims, and the Christians, and the Jews, and anyone in the world that will stand in the way of the Islamic, basically, caliphate. I think I am going to dedicate, possibly even next week, just a follow-up to this to give you more details about those commands that asks those so-called remnant Muslims to fight for the establishment of the Islamic Caliphate. Now, if you've been watch, uh, listening to my previous episodes about the Islamic end times, the Islamic eschatology, we covered some of the signs, minor signs and major signs, and within those signs, it's talk about this group that will rise from the east, and will represent the remnants of Muslims that will wage war against the enemies of Islam globally, and then there'll be an Armageddon, and they were described to be the group that coming from the east, dressed up in black with black banners and white halo. Look at the flag of ISIS. You tell me, was it an accident that the flag was like this? Was it an accident that they were dressed up in black, covering themselves with black, black turbans, black jackets, black pants, black robes, you name it. It's no accident. That's why I'm saying this is kind of a supplemental material, if you wish, an appendix, if you wish, to the eschatological series that I'm doing, because I want to show you that ISIS was key and will continue the ideology to be key to this. Now, here's another bad news I'm going to have to share with you. Don't celebrate the death of the head of ISIS. ISIS does not survive because of a man. The ideology survives because of its founder. That's the prophet of Islam. 
these men like Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi are inspired by the prophetic way and the teaching of the prophet. Someone else will rise, and ISIS may remain as ISIS, or they may come back differently with a different name, or another new group will come back. But they are in the East right now, stationed in Afghanistan. And if we are pulling troops out of Afghanistan, and now pulling troops also out of Syria, and uh, sadly turning our back on the Kurds, which is a pretty sad reality if you ask me, as much as I love our president, as much as I love what we are doing, it hurts my heart to see that we are doing something like this to the people that are helping us secure our very own uh, country because ISIS is a global threat even to us. All that to say, I trust that our president have received a wise advice and wise intelligence from people who advise them to move and pull away. I don't want to speculate what that might look like, but on the surface, it does look bad for us. Because now, if ISIS comes back, or another group comes back, and they are going to be in that region anyway, we're going to have a hard time finding someone who will trust to work with us. This is why I say it's kind of a bad state of affair, and I hope, I hope and I trust that we are going at least to continue to work with groups like the Kurds, who are, by the way, phenomenal. Now, they're not believers in Christ, and we pray that they will come to Christ. I know of a major, major Kurdish community who are basically followers of Jesus that exist in Canada, which is amazing. So God works in everywhere. No, uh, you know, now, with that says, I am just trying to say that ISIS, or the ideology itself, still sees itself to be the beholders of the prophetic way and the Islamic way of life against even those from the, within the Muslim community who are rejecting this ideology or the military side of the ideology, the so-called radical or fundamentalist ideology. It is no radical or fundamentalist folks uh, in, the, in the way that it's different than the teaching. Rather, it is fulfilling its mandates and its teaching. And again, I know people are in denial sometimes. Uh, uh, people sometimes want to attack uh, uh, me or others when we talk like this and say that ISIS was actually representing the true teaching of Islam. Again, I'm not trying to be decisive here. We're not trying to actually um, ask anyone to uh, be against uh, moderate Muslims or those who are really against this ideology. I'm thankful that there are many Muslims who object to such teaching. That's wonderful. But only Jesus can bring, uh, basically, peace to the world. And we have to always be mindful of this. No military power in the world can stand up against this particular ideology, but only the power of God and the word of God and the cross can bring about peace to that region and eliminate this kind of ideology, okay? Now, with that says, I wanna go back again to the piece of bad news I'm trying to share with you. ISIS actually believes also in a tradition that says that, that some of their followers are going to flee, as we're seeing, of course, uh, according to their understanding. Some of them will be killed, and yet there'll be a remnant that will regroup and launch again and fight 
the rest of the world. My time is up, so I'm going most definitely to continue this discussion next week because I think it's really behoves me to give you a fuller picture of what we're talking about. Thank you again for your help, your support, your prayers. I encourage you to go and check our website, the brand new one. It's a learning platform website and maybe even become a member to have access to all of our backlog videos that haven't been released. It is CIRA International, C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A, international.com. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch these videos, which is also CIRA International. And uh, finally, we encourage you to, to become a Patreon patron and give as little as $1 as much as the Lord puts you in your heart. Thank you again for your prayers. Until we meet again, have a blessed day.